Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to our bonus book club episode of the Women's Podcast. We're going to be dropping a bonus episode every couple of months. And the next book we are going to read is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmoose. So if you want to read along with us, that's the book to get. Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmoose. But today, our first book club of 2022 is The Herd by Emily Edwards. Our book clubbers, Bernice Harrison, Anne Ingle and Neve Towie had a lot to say about it and it made for a very lively conversation. So here it is, the Irish Times Women's Podcast Book Club bonus episode on The Herd by Emily Edwards. Well, we're delighted to have our first book club of 2022 and we're starting off with a very interesting book, a novel called The Herd. And as usual, I will just read the blurb at the back before I go to our book clubbers to see what they thought. Elizabeth and Bryony are polar opposites, but their unexpected friendship has always worked. They're the best of friends and godmothers to each other's daughters because they trust that the safety of their children is the top priority for both of them. But what if their choice could harm your own child? Little do they know that they differ radically over one very important issue. And when Bryony, afraid of being judged, tells what is supposed to be a harmless white lie before a child's birthday party, the consequences are more catastrophic than either of them could have imagined. And that uh, thing they differ radically over is vaccinations. Neve, what did you make of this book, The Herd, which tackles... I suppose such a really timely issue given COVID and all the talk about vaccinations. Yeah, Roshan, I felt maybe it was a bad time for me to read this book anyways. I wasn't ready for this book. I wasn't ready for this debate in a in a fiction format. It's certainly not the kind of thing I would have reached for off the shelf at present. I wasn't ready for the uh, the debate around vaccinations in this format, the way we see it here. Now, and just to note as well that Emily Edwards didn't write this about the COVID vaccine. It's It was written before the pandemic. Um, it just has happened to come out at this time where we've been spending the last 12 months debating the virtues and the fears surrounding vaccines. It's been constantly in our ears, or I've certainly felt that way, that this is a debate that I have heard almost every day, probably for the last 12 months. And so I felt this was just, I, I wasn't ready for it. I also felt it was a little bit kind of soap opera-ish. Um, and I felt perhaps in the context of the COVID vaccine, trivialise the matter a small bit. I felt like I didn't want to read about characters and certainly didn't want to read about vaccines in a stereotypical fashion or people's thoughts around them, which I felt in parts this book did, you know, the the anti-vax character in this novel is uh, she's a hippie, she's um, bright, she's 
lives in a posh area of London. Her husband is really rich. They live this lovely life. Um, her vet, best friend Elizabeth is pro-vaccine, is kind of a controlling kind of um, mother, which uh, that plot in itself develops as the book goes on. But um, I just felt like I wasn't ready for it, to be honest with you. Um, Niamh, can I just inquire a bit about that a bit more? Because you've said that a couple of times that you weren't ready. Do you feel like you were a bit sick of this issue? Is that what you're saying? I was both sick of it and also... I suppose I just felt like I wasn't ready for it to be debated like this in a way that is supposed to be entertaining, because to me, the issue isn't at all entertaining. Um, And I feel like there might be lots of people who have been affected by COVID and the lack of vaccination and find this book actually quite difficult to read because, you know, we're supposed to be in a way entertained by it. That's the whole uh, idea of a novel. And I I just felt like it wasn't uh, that kind of a subject matter. And I'm um, just to caveat that that's not why this book wasn't written with that in mind. It was written a couple of years ago. Yeah, I suppose I just had in mind all of the people who had been impacted by COVID and vaccines and maybe who had really struggled with this debate themselves over the last year. And I felt like this book wasn't about that. And yet it so was about that. You know, it was about the MMR vaccine, I think, is the one that they were that they're debating here, which in a way the measles was kind of this... Um, it wasn't a threatening disease. It isn't a threatening disease. It's not something we were surrounded by. The whole idea of herd immunity and everything else probably wasn't as pressing for these characters in this book as it is for us now when we talk about COVID. So in a way, the book is timely, but in another way, it's completely out, lacks the context of how we are living uh, at present. So I suppose uh, I struggled with the book from the get go because of that. OK, now that's fair enough. I mean, I think for me, because I've had lots of conversations, because I've had people in my life who are not very keen on vaccinations to do with the COVID ones, not the MMR ones particularly. Um, I did find it interesting to see all those arguments laid out in a fictional format. I could really identify with a lot of the back and forth with the kind of people sending people all the different um things they'd Googled and so-called facts they'd found and the kind of bombardment and the, the passions on both sides, but I suppose particularly on, on the sides of people who who aren't who aren't into vaccines and the way they get so angry and upset and the polarization that it that it causes i i do think that was reflected very well but i completely take your point Eve. it's so, it maybe what i suppose what you're saying in a way is that too soon almost that it you just felt you would prefer a little bit of distance from that while this other very different in a way vaccination debates happening it wasn't something that necessarily resonated with you, considering, I suppose, as a journalist as well, you've had to day in, day out, look at this stuff. Um, Bernice, what do you think of the book? Well, I would echo Neve in a number of ways. Um, OK, so to me, it felt like an IT, a four-part ITV drama, really. It felt very soapy. All the characters were massively cliched. And when she tried to step out of that... It failed. So, for example, there's a drama on at the moment I'm watching on telly called Hollingworth Road. And it's, you know, these posh people living in big posh houses in this very lovely part of England. And then something happens and then the two women fall out. Now, I'm, you, so does it ring a bell? Like this is real stuff of drama, of Saturday, Sunday night drama. In saying that, <laughs> I felt she wrote things, uh, the writer is Emily Edwards, and I, I, I felt she, she was good at capturing some things. She was very good at capturing family life. She was very good at capturing, like I had to put the book down at one point because she, she writes about, I'm not giving any spoilers here, but one of the kids has a high temperature that goes on. And, it, you know, every parent of small children 
the fear of a high temperature is just, it's so gripping. It's, it's extraordinary. So it brought me back to the Calpol days. Uh, it brought me back to sleeping on Temple Street Hospital floor for several nights. It brought me back. So I had to put the book down at, at, at that point because I thought, oh God, really brought me back. But where it really brought me back to was the whole MMR because the book, as Neve mentioned, it's not about COVID, the COVID vaccine. And that's actually what I think is the big failure of the book, by the way. And that's why I think it's a massive cop out. And that's why I don't think it's very good. But anyway, so it's about the MMR vaccine. And um, for those who don't know, um, and it's referenced very, very briefly, actually, at one point in the in the book, and I actually, I, I imagine that was an editor's suggestion just to put that in because the MMR vaccine, and I particularly remember it because my children were born at that time. So uh, my son was to get the MMR vaccine in the same year that Andrew Wakefield, this scientist guy, uh, who has now, who's really hopped on an anti-vaxxer train, this scientist guy, British scientist, published an essay in The Lancet, most prestigious medical journal, 1998, saying MMR vaccine, there's a link with autism. So with the result, everybody in my world was absolutely terrified. And I vividly remember the night before my son got his vaccination thinking, are we doing the right thing? Even though in my heart, I knew we were doing the right thing. And that continued on to the year 2000 when my daughter got her MMR vaccine. And it was absolute terror. There was terror at the time. And you, you mightn't remember it, but... At the time, for example, it was all over the news. It was all, it was a big story. It was a big story as well because while vaccines were trusted hugely up to then, I don't think people had many questions over vaccines. I don't even think there was such a term as anti-vaxxer then, actually. I, I, I don't believe I heard it. Um, people did trust vaccines. But autism, you know, we still don't know a lot about autism now. But 25 years ago, we knew nothing about it. It was an absolute terror. So even at that time, for example, people were investigating going out of the HSE provided vaccine and getting individual vaccines because then it grew up that, no, it's the measles one that's the problem. So if you could get your three in one, if you could get them three separately, like honestly, it was massive. It was it was extraordinary. So with the result that I, I am very interested in the MMR vaccine, but this is where the whole book fell down for me and why I felt it was such a massive cop out. Because I read the first chapter and I went, hold on, vaccine, wait a second. It says 2019. What are we talking about? Surely we must be talking about the COVID vaccine. And because in my experience of the MMR vaccine, those parents who chose not to get the vaccine, they were not um, ostracised by anybody. You know, that, that was not a thing. Everybody sort of understood their fear, that it was based entirely on fear, their response. So... And you also understood about vaccines. You also completely understood that a vaccine protects your child, that what somebody else decides to do is nothing to do with you. So you have nothing to fear from somebody else who doesn't protect their child. It's on them. It's nothing to do with you. So you'd have no reason to, you know, hate them or be suspicious of them. It's nothing to do with you and your child. If, if there was an outbreak of measles, your child is protected. So, so in other words, I found the premise of the whole novel entirely faulty. And for that reason, I just couldn't buy into it. Between that and the cliched characters and the cliched setup, I just could not buy into this novel. And 
I mean, in saying that, she's a really good writer. It's a very easy, easy, easy read. I was kind of conscious that this book is being marketed as, you know, a really good book for book clubs. And it is, for sure it is, because there's so much to discuss. I mean, I, I'd i be even more interested, forget the vaccines, I'd be even more interested in discussing the friendships the, uh, aspect, because I think she's really good on friendships, the friendships between the two women, but also the friendships actually between the husbands is very intriguing. So, you know, so there's all that. But actually, and let's be honest, when book clubs read this book, and they will, like we have, and when they talk about vaccines, Nobody's going to be talking about the MMR. Absolutely nobody. Not one person. Even people of my vintage for who really remember all that MMR thing. Nobody's going to be talking about that. They're going to be talking about the COVID vaccine. And I suppose for that reason, I was discombobulated from the start when I looked up and I said, oh, wait, hold on. It's about vaccines. It's, in, it's set in 2019. What's that about? So I was discombobulated from the start. And I just really felt if you want to talk, if now, like, We've been in a pandemic. If you're going to talk about vaccines, talk about the vaccine. Like, don't cop out because, and actually narratively, by copping out, there were so many holes in the in the narrative. Once you started to think, hold on, is this really about the MMR? But that doesn't make sense. Loads of things don't make sense once you focus in on about the MMR. So I think she took the MMR, but she overlaid all our fears about COVID vaccine on top of it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, I'm going to come in for Emily Edwards here because I do think, uh, having read a little bit about around it, is that um, she was, I think, eight or nine months pregnant when she had the idea for this book. She was sitting in her garden. I'm sure she's a lovely garden, like one of the ones described in the book. Um, and, and she was with her doula and she was with her husband. And her doula and her husband started having this row about vaccines because the doula was saying, oh, hang on now, are you going to get the MMR? And that was a very real sort of moment that crystallised things for her. That was pre-pandemic. And then I suppose she started writing the book about this particular aspect of vaccines. The pandemic happened. She probably continued on with the same thing. I get your point completely, Bernice. I have to say, though, as well, for me, having said that earlier about having people in my life who were vaccine hesitant or anti-vax or whatever, I was able to kind of... um overlay that's a good word the the things about the current situation of vaccines and and a lot of it is very um relevant and is the same but i do i do take your point that it you would be expecting yeah. a book about vaccines now to be about capital t the vaccine and when it's not 
does it kind of, yeah, discombobulation is a little bit, you're kind of constantly drawn back into a debate that's kind of already happened. Um, And you talked about it very well with Andrew Wakefield and everything like that. So that's fair enough. I want to move on to Anne. Mum, what did you think? Well, I thought the structure of the book was very um, interesting because we know from the very beginning, even the very first page, that there's something dramatic going to happen in a court case. So that alerted us from the very beginning, and I thought that was a very good way to do it. And in front of a lot of the chapters, you get these little instances about people who are inside the court or outside the court. And I found those little vignettes very, very well done and very good. And in fact, they were very interesting, the different points of view. And uh, I had the privilege of listening to this book, um, which was narrated by a, a woman called Olivia Darnley. And she had an amazing way with her voice of making all the different characters come to life because of the way they spoke. There was, you know, working class people, there was people from different parts of England, and she managed to capture all that, which I thought was very interesting. And there was one old lady in it who um, walked with a walking stick, as I do now, and she was going one, two, three, four. And then that got me the idea that when I walk with a walking stick, I should be doing more of that one, two, three, then the tap, instead of the tap, tap, tap. But that is beside the point, of course. Uh, now, to get down to the rest of the stuff, um, I didn't think the characters were that well drawn. I was really amazed that, that uh, Bryony should even be friends with Elizabeth because they were so much different. And I really took against Elizabeth from the very beginning. I really didn't um, like that person and how anybody could like her. I, I found it very hard to believe. Her uh, husband was having difficulty liking her. And as Benisa said, um, the two men, the, the relationship between the two husbands involved in this book, uh, Jack and Ash, was interesting. And I really, I really took to those two men. And if it wasn't for those two men in the book, I really would have been very disappointed because I could see where they were coming from. But the two women in the book were constantly, when they had troubles lying down in that bed in the darkened room and that really annoyed me I mean if you've got a child no matter what's going on you're not going to bloody lie down in the bed and you know weep about it you have to get on and do your stuff so that didn't ring true to me and what woman lies down in a darkened room for weeks and weeks on end that's you Roshan okay but apart from Roshan <laughs> I just put my hand up that's why she said that no I mean I think that's a bit harsh they were going through some serious stuff like I don't at the care. time it wasn't like they were just putting their hand up to their fevered brow and going to bed I mean they were living through dark times and I have you know uh, hid away in my bed a number of times in my parenting career so far and I'm sure I will again so anyway I just want to stick up for anyone who feels they have to escape from the travails of life Okay, Roshan, you're very nice to give yourself a... Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> give yourself a timeout. But I don't agree with timeouts. I mean, I've had traumatic times myself, but I never laid down on the bed for weeks and having people giving me cups of tea and green tea and whatever herbal Maybe you're jealous. And, I'm not a bit jealous. I just think they should get on with it. But anyway, the, the two women, they, they didn't do it for me. I didn't like them at all there was one great uh, the hero of the whole piece was a woman called Rosalind the voice of reason and um, she was a sensible woman and I liked her especially I liked her little French boyfriend that she had but that's beside the point he was but, Italian oh Italian yes of course he was yes he made this lovely strong coffee but um, the whole thing I think the structure of the book was very cleverly done I loved those bits before the chapters where you know there's something going on. I love the clever way she brought in the 
uh, bit at the end, uh, which revealed a whole lot, which we can't talk to you about because we don't want to give you any spoilers. Uh, so I think it was a very well done book. And some of the writing was really, really very good. You know, some of the descriptions, um, I, I really like that. And the relationships drawn between mother and daughter, I like that too. So there was a, a good deal of the book that I appreciated and the writing was excellent but as Neve says it's not the kind of book I would normally have read so I was I didn't I didn't warm to it in that respect regarding the whole business of the uh, book club people I'm sure there's going to be friendships lost over this because you know when you start talking about things like this over your coffee or whatever you're having at the book club. Wine. It's always wine. Oh, sorry. Wine, wine. <laughs> Except in this book club, P.S. Yeah, I know. But one day we'll have wine. <laughs> Go on, Mum. No, I think this is a really good point. we will have wine. We will have wine. No. Mum, so, sorry for interrupting you. This is a very good point. Carry on. Oh, you, look, I always tell you not to interrupt me when I'm speaking, Roger, because then I forget what the point I was making. I was talking about the people in the book club. The people in the book club are going to be reading this book and talking about it. But the essential issue that is about the MMR, etc., is going to be divisive. There are still some people, I believe. In fact, in fact, as the um, book tells us, more and more people, because maybe because of the COVID, are going to be questioning whether they should do this or not. So it could be where friendships end after that book club. The book clubs will fall off. Um, it could happen. I'm not. I'm not saying it will, but uh, heaven forbid that it does. But I mean. I remember I they thought I had polio when I was nine. That was in 1949 and there was no vaccines around. So, you know, that was a terrible time for my parents uh, when I was lying in the bed. I had meningitis, in fact, instead. But at the same time, I was a great believer in vaccination. So I find some of the stuff in the book a bit hard to take. But overall, I, I know you might say it's a bit soap opera. Did you say soap operas or whatever? But um. I, I think it's a very well-written book. It's a substantial book. And for people, younger people, and, and maybe Neve didn't quite uh, warm to it as well because she hasn't had the opportunity of having a family yet. And so um, Renice was more familiar with that and myself as well. So I had no question, you see, like I didn't, mine weren't done when, before this terrible man made his uh, article in The Lancet. So I had no hesitation in going ahead and doing it. So, Overall, I think it's a good, a well-written book, uh, beautifully narrated by this woman, Olivia, uh, fair play to her. Um, and maybe I might not have liked it so much only for her because I had the, uh, the uh, listen to it on Audible. Yeah, I would recommend people to read it, especially if they ha have hesitancy because it comes down in favour, I think, of the right thing. And mum, just on that subject of you that being suspected of having polio, and then you went to school as well with the injury of the blockheads, and yes. he actually had polio, didn't he? So I presume, I don't know if he was vaccinated or how that happened. Or I'm sure he wasn't vaccinated. No, I'm sure that was something that yeah. Wouldn't so have for you, it's it's real in another way that um, Bernice has said how it's real for her, remembers that debate. And for you back in the polio days, you have that memory too. I do, I do. I really agree with everything you said, Mom. I actually really found myself dying to get back to the book. And I thought the men were brilliant. I think we should talk about the men oh, a bit I love more because yeah. what I loved about those characters, and I don't think you see it in popular fiction that much, they're both very invested in their families, invested in their children, in the lives they'd created. Flawed, of course, as we all are, you know, one of them was drinking too much. That was Ash. 
one of them was um doing badly at work and was feeling a bit, you know, emasculated in terms of him being a prov- provider. But I felt they were drawn very well because there's a lot of issues that I think men today are struggling with that, that she did in a in a less maybe shoehorned way. I think some of the vaccine stuff might have been might have been felt like box sticking. I have to get this bit in and that bit in. But when it came to the friendships between the husbands, the friendships between the women, I think she describes uh, Elizabeth and Bri as being like chalk, not chalk and cheese, cheese and pineapple. She says, although they're very different, the friendship seems to work somehow. Bernice, you wanted to come back in again on another aspect. Just picking up just what Anne was saying there about the structure, just for listeners. So we start off in a courtroom, we know something has happened. So we start off in a future and then it goes back and explains what happens. But then in between that, there's these little inserts. And those inserts are basically the voices of the people outside the courtroom and why they are there. And they're there um, protesting, pro-vax, anti-vax, onlookers, general people. But again, that again heightened my sense of discombobulation about this because I thought, hold on a second, There'd be no protests about the MMR vaccine, pro or against. Like, that's crazy. This is COVID. She's talking about the COVID vaccine. Like, so all those inserts, to me, belong in a book about the COVID vaccine. They do not belong in a book about the MMR. And I know, you know, you might think, oh, well, gee, stop getting so feckin' hung up on the fact that it's about the MMR vaccine. It's about vaccines. It's not. It's very specifically about the MMR vaccine, but with this hysteria about COVID vaccine. And... That's that's why, to me, it just it simply didn't ring true. And I was just going to say, I think none of us are all that happy with how the vaccine issue was depicted in the book. But if you're to strip that back and see wh- what she did well, I felt like she drew those male characters really well. Um, she depicted modern fatherhood, I thought, really like in a re- very complex fashion, in a really good, well-examined, non-stereotypical fashion. I'm, I'm particularly thinking of Jack. You said, you know, he fe- feels a bit emasculated at work. He works for this um, it's like a property leasing company, I think, in central London. He's commuting in and out every day. Um, he's thinking about all of the times where, you know, he didn't get to the soccer matches or he didn't get to drop the kids off at school because he was in a meeting talking about how to get um, corporate parking spaces for his clients' Porsches and things like that. And I thought that depicted modern life so well, like how, you know, how trivial really, in essence, what you're doing in the office is compared to what's going on at home. And that that's something that um, I thought was done really well in the book. And I thought as well like that, I know we say, someone was saying that, um, you know, they could never be friends or it seemed really unlikely that Bryony and Elizabeth could be friends. I actually thought that I liked that aspect of it, that it showed they were able to settle their differences. They were drawn quite stereotypically. So one was a hippie and one wasn't essentially, you know, one took her job really seriously, was really um, organised and kind of a bit um, too serious maybe. Um, but it was really interesting to see their common grounds that they were able to find and what they needed from each other. And I thought that that was done really well, that their friendship was uh, done quite well. I think I sort of really agree with you there, there Neve. Absolutely. And it, as well as that, another aspect of, of that, the friendship, is money. Money is a really interesting theme in this book. How competitive they were with each other, how they, sh- how one family is kind of sort of showing off the, all that acres of marble in the kitchen, it's kind of showing off their money and how that caused resentment. So money between friends. I thought that was really interesting. And money is a constant kind of theme in, in the book, actually. It's, it's thrumming away underneath it. And, and that's, I think, why we feel so sorry for Elizabeth's husband, um, because... 
he feels the pressure to maintain this insane middle class, you know, front that he he just can't afford anymore. And it's just putting such horrible emotional pressure on him to stick with this horrible job. So as well as friendship, I, I just think money is a very interesting theme. And essentially as well, by the end of the book, that was kind of dismantled as well. Like that was all stripped back by the end and they were taken back to quite different ways of living. Um, and like the money kind of didn't even, um, the, the money or lack of it at that point wasn't a very big factor at all because the, as we'd seen, all these other things were so much more serious and important. Um, so yeah, I think you're right, Bernice, about the money. I think you've both picked up on some of the subtle things going on that are very clever and well done in the book and that make me sort of think I would really like to read her next book, this Emily Edwards. It's it's a debut. She's she's definitely got something. And, and like I, I did find myself... Wanting to go back to it, not just to sort of see how the whole vaccine story played out, but because I liked how she was writing, I felt um, invested in the setup. I could I could visualize it. I could be in both their houses. I thought all of that was done extremely well. A lot of show don't tell description of all those things was brilliant. And speaking of something that was thrumming away in the background, the ladybirds were thrumming away in the background, too. And I I loved the way she did that. I, I think early on in the book, the little girl, um. Alba finds a, a ladybird and is very protective over it and the ladybirds keep coming through and it's not overdone and it's not and it and it does sort of bring that fragility of life into play and kind of the herd thing as well because at one point there's an infestation of ladybirds almost so I thought she was very clever and I'm not surprised at all that Sharon Horgan has picked this up as a TV thing because Bernice you said that earlier it would make a very good TV drama it's got all the ingredients that you can see uh, Sharon Horgan's kind of preoccupations that kind of middle class London thing friends falling out husbands I can I can totally see what a great job Sharon Horgan will do with this and I, I would definitely recommend it to people and I'd I'd tell people to read it but with with the caveat of all the things you've said Bernice and Neve, I mean perhaps it was a missed opportunity but I suppose if if she started writing it based on the MMR thing and that was the thing that was in her head even if some um COVID type things like the protests have been tacked on afterwards I think there's still a lot there. Mum, what would you say sort of as final thoughts? Would you be sort of saying to people, younger people you know or other people your age to read it? Yeah, I would. Um, I'm very surprised to hear you saying that it's a debut novel. I didn't know that, Roisin, because um, it's it's accomplished, a very accomplished book. And like yourself, I would look forward to anything that she might write again, whatever subject she chose. I hope she's not just this one thing that's got to her, that's inspired her. I hope there's lots more to come. Uh, so I would recommend it. It's not the, my kind of book, really, but at the same time, I appreciate the the writing, which is so good in many places. And there's a lovely uh, word she gave me, which escapes me now, the collective noun for uh, ladybirds. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I can't remember it quite now, but maybe you'll come back to that. I'll do a Joe Rogan on it and Google it while we're on air. <laughs> no, you carry on talking there. Mom. Yeah, so there were some beautiful pieces in the book of descriptions, but uh, that Elizabeth, the main character there, I really, really took again her from the very beginning. She just wasn't my kind of person. Or oh, that cleaning she does. Oh, my oh, goodness, she Mom. Mom, it's a loveliness of ladybirds. A loveliness oh, of ladybirds. Yes. Isn't that just gorgeous? So that was a lovely Fact thing. checking live on the women's podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> Bernice, you, you wanted to come in. Yeah, I, I, you know, when Neve was saying she wasn't sort of ready for a, a book like this, I'm actually, I think it's going to be fascinating when a really good book, novel, novel, about 
vac- by the COVID vaccination comes out because, God, it's going to cover so much, you know, it, like it's going to cover political, social, health, everything. It's going to be so fascinating. So I am really, really looking forward to a really good novel. God, I've, about... lo- I've loads of um, uh, copy and ingredients on that, Bernice. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> you know what? Maybe you should. But and just a final postscript that I think as well, what was about the the MMR, the, maybe the link between the MMR and the COVID vaccine is that my daughter, who's 21, is in college and a number of her friends have had no vaccination whatsoever. Really? Nothing. Because they were in the Andrew Wakefield years. So they're, they got nothing. And with the result now, they think, well, I don't think I'll take the, the COVID vaccine because I, they have no vaccine. And they're grand. They're alive. They haven't been very sick or anything. Yeah, but because everybody else has got the second vaccine. I, that's I what... I'm only joking, oh, 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 Bernice. Oh. And the row starts. Anyway, okay. <laughs> See, this is the this is the book club conversations that mother's talking about where friends fall out, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> We've kept it very civil so far. I only threw that in to be incendiary, you know. I didn't really mean it. Go on, mum. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was saying. Like people will, you know, this whole business of anti-vaccine and all that. But I, I think you could leave that all aside. The essence, what I'm trying to say is this woman is a good writer and she's written a very good book. Whether you like the content or not is another matter. But fair play to her and onwards and upwards, I'd say, LA. Yeah, and I have to say, when my mum says this is not the kind of book I would normally read, um, my children took her to a film that she would not normally go to see. And she apparently, I haven't talked to you about this yet, mum, but apparently you did not like Marry Me with Owen Wilson, which I absolutely loved. That has to be the <laughs> worst film. I did not like that movie. That has to be the worst film I ever saw in my whole life. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I can't believe it. And I, I really, I said to myself, is that person pretending to be Jennifer Lopez? And then I found out it really was Jennifer Lopez. I, I mean, it's just extraordinary. I hated it. Oh, I can't believe it. I loved it so much. And uh, Johnny said, my partner and the kids brought my mum to this movie and Johnny was like, oh, your mum. Apparently you were just grumbling throughout the whole thing, were you? Uh, yes. <laughs> and the girls were very upset. No, I said, it's okay, it's okay. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But it went on for so long. It was never ending. I know they're singing and off. Well, mum, we went to see Cyrano actually subsequently and I think it might, that might be more your speed. It's, uh, you know, it's the kind of remake of the Steve Martin Cyrano de Bergerac movie. Well, well, if you recommend with that it, one. If you recommend well, we took you to Belfast a couple of weeks ago and you liked that one, so it wasn't... Belfast is good, but I'm very wary of your recommendations in future, Roisin. It's like when I brought around um, Love Actually to my friend's house to watch when Love Actually had just come out on DVD and my friend is just like, your taste in movies is so bad. And I still love, I still love Love Actually, so I won't have a bad word said against it. And I know you're not, it's it's not cool to like Love Actually anymore. It's, it's very problematic apparently in lots of ways, but I still love it. We've kind of turned into a film club here. Sorry about that, everyone. But um, final words from everyone. Neve, would you encourage people to read it? I think I would encourage people to read it with those caveats that if you can park the vaccine thing, uh, because I found that really problematic, um, that there's lots of there's lots of good stuff in this book. And I really do look forward to seeing what Emily writes next. I think she's a talent. Um, and like it's if you can keep in mind the the examination of parenthood and friendships in general and read that from it, then I think it's a, it's a worthwhile read and it's a quick read as well. It's not going to take you that long to read. It's an easy read. So um, from that perspective, yes. And it's enjoyable, I found anyway. I found myself escaping into it. It was like that kind of thing where, okay, I'll get back into this world now. I do think she's very, very talented. Bernice, final word from you. Yeah, actually, you know what? I do agree with you. Look, I, I mean, 
It's a really easy read for a book club. And look, I have been in book clubs where you know the way you forget to read the book or you just haven't yeah. read the book and you've had a whole month and you're trying to lash through it that morning. Lash it through. You'd lash through this, no bother. <laughs> and so with the result, if you're looking for a book club book that's going to have a lot of subjects that people can talk about, that's going to be dead easy, that nobody's going to have an issue with, nobody's going to be rolling their eyes about, oh, what a pain it was to read. It's not a pain. No. Lots to discuss. So it's a good book club book. Yeah, I think it was a good one for us to start off 2022 with in our new kind of bonus episode book club. I'm I'm pretty happy with that. And I, and I think sometimes when people say easy read, it can be a bit patronising. And I know you guys don't mean that because when I say easy read, I mean enjoyable. That's the highest praise. Yeah, I mean I, enjoyable. Me, that's the highest praise. And you want to get back to it and you're not kind of going, oh, I have to get through the next whatever amount of pages. I didn't feel like that. I, I really enjoyed reading it. It was a great, a good experience. And yeah, I think it's a good one to kick off. So I'm very very grateful to you all for coming back again. And Anne, sorry, you have something more you want to say? Well, I just to say that I think Emily Edwards has done a great job here and we should be very grateful. We've got another good woman novelist in our midst and fair play to her. And I look forward to reading her next one. OK, well, it started off a bit ropey. It sounded like it was going to be an absolute drubbing. <laughs> and now it's like, we love this book. Everyone go and buy it. So you never know what can happen in this book club. Thank you all very much. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, Roisin. Bye. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I certainly did. And that's all we have time for. Thanks very much to Anne Ingle, Bernice Harrison and Neve Towie. And if you want to read along with us for the next book club, our next one is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmoose. And you can get in touch with us on social media at IT Women's Podcast. We're on Instagram or Twitter and we're on email, thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com. If you've any comments about the book club or any other episodes, Episodes. That's it for me. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, by Suzanne Brennan and Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 